1: You are listening to a pleasure podcast. For more from our sex podcast collective, visit PleasurePodcasts.com. Welcome back to Private Parts Unknown,
2: a podcast that explores love and sexuality around the world.
1: I'm Courtney Kosak.
2: And I'm Sophie Alexandra.
1: And we're going to come town today, privates. Population two or three.
2: <laughs> I mean, honestly, do we not reside in Cumtown? We totally live in Cumtown. I mean, what are you saying? We're visiting. We're the mayors of Cumtown. We're co mayors of Cumtown.
1: <laughs> we're tourists everywhere
2: else, but Cumtown. They call we're us co mayors. <laughs> <laughs> call me co-mayor Nanjani. You like that? <laughs> You're so stupid. <laughs> Privates, here's the deal. We're
1: taking you to come town today because this is a popular topic on the podcast. We know from the data that you guys like orgasms.
2: <laughs> yeah, we really need data for that, that people <laughs> love to come. The data really bears out. People just love to come. Yes. Yes. <laughs> It's true. We've cracked the code. People apparently love coming. But actually, seriously, we do have a lot of uh, people asking us, hitting us up on DM, frequently young people or people who just don't have a lot of sexual experience asking, How do you make a vulva owner come? How do you come? Yes. Yeah. Or how do I make myself come, my own vulva and my clit? How do I work that? And so right now, I think, like, it's better than the two idiots that are us being like, this is what you do. <laughs> we have a legit doctor. <laughs> we,
1: yeah, listen, don't be offended in the future if we try to do this ourselves. But this, we, we decided we definitely needed a chaperone to talk about this with y'all today. But here's the deal. Women's pleasure, everyone's pleasure, but... Women's pleasure is often. And not just
2: women, but vulva owners. And we are not entirely inclusive throughout the episode with that language, but we are learning. So I just want to flag that up top for our listeners.
1: Yes. But the pleasure sometimes gets lost in the equation. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. becomes less important than it should be Whether that is just like a uh, societal kind of repression Or whatever, it could be a variety of reasons But we want to center that pleasure today So we are talking to Ashley Towns She is a sexual health researcher And just a delightful person We had such an amazing conversation So what do you say? Let's get into
2: it Let's get into it Welcome Dr. Ashley Towns.
1: All right, privates. I am so excited for today's episode because I know you all are obsessed with orgasms and pleasure and listen, what's not to love? So we have a sexpert, Ashley Towns here to talk to us about all that stuff today. So
2: welcome, Ashley. Thank you for having me. Yes. Welcome to the pod. Uh, we were so excited to finally get this to happen because we were like, no, no. The pleasure must come. The listeners need it. We will reschedule as many times as necessary. The people need the information.
1: We do. We all need to learn how to come better. Well, first of all, before we get into the juicy stuff, what everybody wants to know, let's talk a little bit about your background. Like, how did you become a sex expert? <laughs> yeah, you know, I get that
0: question. All the time. And so it's a really interesting story. I went to college, I thought I was going to be a nurse and didn't really like it. Um, (laughs) And so I was working on a trauma floor and seeing lots of yucky types of things you know guts and people really really hurt and so I wanted to be in health but I didn't really want that side of health and I got into health education and from there I found a passion for sex sexual health education Uh, so many people think they know what they're talking about and have no clue you know Uh, most people still to this day don't know how to find the clitoris
2: ain't that a shame
0: It is, right? (laughs) You know, like X marks the spot and people still are blind, not being able to find it. So I just kind of fell in love with talking about educating, providing resources to people of all backgrounds. You know, I started this work when the LGBTQIA community wasn't really receiving a lot of information, Mm -hmm. uh, wasn't really being talked about in a sex positive way as far as, you know, what sex looks like and how do we talk about gender and pronouns and, um, how do we show respect to people who are different from us, regardless of their orientation, their race, their religion. And I just fell into this really natural place of talking about something that's natural, but receives all of this controversy. And people don't want to allow people to be, you know, sexually free and and liberated. And here we are, Pleasure is a topic that still receives, you know, a slap on the wrist. Don't talk about it. Only certain people can talk about it in certain spaces, hush, hush, you know, and if people are open about it, then they're wrong some kind of way, or they're some sort of stereotype about their sexual lives. And that's just a terrible way to view something that is so natural. So I just stayed in this field, became a researcher and have really shifted to talk about health equity, talk about you know the history around Black women and Black people in this country, and how that has shaped sexuality uh, for for Black and Brown people, and I've stayed in this lane, and I'm loving it to be honest. Uh, so that's my quick and dirty uh, pun intended uh, <laughs> journey <laughs> journey, and I'm just really happy to continue these conversations.
2: That's so rad. That's amazing. You specifically mentioned about an intersection of race and sexuality. Can you tell us a little bit about that and the kind of work that you do that is in that arena?
0: Yeah. So like I mentioned, I am a sexuality researcher. I was explicitly in sexuality education for probably the last eh, 10 years or so and really shifted into research because I realized that people still don't really get good sexuality education. Mm -hmm. And there's policies around why that happens. There's policies around what type of education is allowed to be included in school settings, college settings, textbooks. And how do we change that? Like, what are the, the systems that need a call out to say, hey, you're missing it completely. And people are having potentially negative sexual health outcomes negative experiences because we're not giving them the information that they need. And so specifically around black people, black men and women, um, a lot of the information around sex, sexual experiences is focused on prevention, HIV, pregnancy, STIs, things like that. That is valuable. We need that. But we also need to talk about why people are having sex in the first place. Because Mm -hmm. it feels good, because they're Mm -hmm. curious, because they're, you know, developing and they're experimenting and trying things out. And we never really talk about that, especially in black and brown spaces where religion has a large influence on what we can and cannot say, who we can and cannot date or marry, and not a lot of researchers were talking about that. So with my own experiences, my friends' experiences, my family members' experiences, I decided that we need to talk about it. And I was willing to dive into some of those very difficult conversations around Black women and reproductive health and sexual health. So there we have it, <laughs> you know, a Black researcher talking about Black things. And it feels <laughs> it feels nice to be the one to do it or to be a part of a group of researchers doing this work because for a long time, I think individuals within my community felt like people who do not look like us should not be the one telling us what is or is not appropriate, it should be someone who looks like us. And so, mm-hmm. um, so you know, just very happy to be in this space doing this work.
1: Yeah, totally. You know, so interesting the like shame factor that you mentioned, because it is, it is just like straight public health. And then there's the pleasure element. But to get to all of those conversations, you like have to dig through the shame and the stigma and all of that we've just been commenting on all these things for masturbation may and all of it is just like we are so fucked up by the (laughs) shame behind sexuality
2: yeah and also like you bring up a really interesting point about how segmented our perception um is of sexuality you know that there's that like separation between here's what you do that has to do with the like Prevention and treatment and SDIs and stuff like that, and here's this other side that's completely unrelated, seemingly. And we've got to figure out a way where we can educate people from an early age, like holistically. Yeah, holistically, to where you really see, you know, see it as an entire thing. So you're not just like running to porn, and then that burns you out, and then on the other side, like. I will literally meet a man in his 30s who doesn't know how many holes a woman has. Oh, yeah. So it's like, <laughs> it's <crazy. laughs> there's got to be, there's got to be an integration. That's all. Yeah. Hey, just because you're grown up doesn't mean you've outgrown bedtime stories. Whether you want a story to turn you on or wind you down for better sleep, Dipsy helps you get in touch with yourself for some extra sweet dreams.
1: Mmm, I love that ghost dick. (laughs) Dipsy is an audio app full of short, sexy stories designed to turn you on. Each Dipsy story features characters that feel like real people and immersive scenarios, so you feel like you're right there.
2: Find stories about an off-limits hookup with your professor, (laughs) or a costume party that takes things to the next level. Or maybe a story where your partner tells you exactly what to do, or you try a new toy together.
1: Yes, 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 yes. All that sounds amazing. And they release new stories every week, so there's always more to explore. No matter who you're into or what turns you on, there is something for everyone.
2: Yeah, and it's really nice to keep finding new favorites. Plus, Dipsy also has wellness sessions that help you learn more about yourself, and bedtime stories and soundscapes to help you relax before you drift off.
1: And for listeners of the show, Dipsy is offering a 30-day free trial when you go to DipsyStories.com/private.
2: That's a 30-day free trial when you go to D-I-P-S-E-A Stories.com/private. That's
1: DipsyStories.com/private. I guess let's talk in general about like intercourse and, you know, I think it's commonly known that like women don't always get off from just intercourse alone. And like, what are the techniques about how, you know, sex can be more pleasurable for women?
0: Yeah. So I think first of all, um, you know, just girls, adolescents, women, just knowing their bodies because so I heard the comment earlier about a 30 year old man not knowing a woman has three holes be surprised of how many women don't know that you do not menstruate out of your urethra and vice versa, um, or where to put a tampon and things like that. So anatomy is super important for all people who own a, a vulva vagina. And so that's the first step really. And knowing (laughs) kind of like what the body does, knowing that, you know, we have these glands that help us lubricate and that, you know, during arousal, you know, our clitoris can actually Enlarged, like similar to an erection, like a penis erects. Um, it actually gets bigger, warmer. It can be very sensitive to touch. So, just those basic things can help navigate what is even pleasurable to a person. What types of touch? Does a person like circular motions? Does a person like, you know, different positions? Some positions may hurt. Mm -hmm. a person, you know? And so navigating what that even looks like and feels like are things, you know, temperature play. I talk about this in different uh, venues about like things that are sensitive to touch, whether it's cold or warm, just knowing those basic things. And I say basic because a lot of people don't know what feels good to them until someone else makes it feel good to them. They don't know on their own. And so I think starting there to even know what, what do you like? And that is how you communicate with a partner. Or if you're engaging in solo sex, you know, how do you know what is going to get you to that place of an orgasm? And even you'd be surprised how many women don't know what an orgasm feels like. They expect Mm -hmm. ejaculation because they see that males ejaculate and they're not synonymous. They don't go hand in hand all the time. And so Having those conversations about, so this is what an orgasm might feel like. This is what your body's going to do. Not what you hear in songs and on movies. It could be that. But this is what most people are going to experience. Starting there, really. I think we do a disservice of just skipping straight to, oh, you should have an orgasm every time. And not even really teaching people how to even have an orgasm and what that looks like and feels like.
1: That's such an important point about like knowing what even gets you off. And I feel like because of the shame factor that we were talking about earlier, like I don't want to gender it, but especially women don't always develop that relationship with themselves where they figure out what does feel good and how to make themselves come. Do you have any tips for like women who are maybe like feel weird about exploring that?
0: Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, you have to really think about like, what are the mental blocks that are preventing you from exploring your body? What are the messages that you've received that are sex negative, that tell you sex is inherently bad, that tell you that masturbating is bad, that tell you that exploring your body is bad? Like start there Mm -hmm. and really process how do you change those thoughts because if you have those thoughts lingering over you like this dark cloud you're going to struggle unless a partner is providing that pleasure to you you're just going to know what they did to make you feel good and you're going to know that it felt good or that it didn't um so i think that that's where we kind of have to start it's just really dealing with those feelings that block you from exploring your body then once you've gotten over that explore your body you know um Pleasure mapping has been, you know, this hot new topic um, or uh, buzzwords around exploring what is pleasurable to your body. It doesn't have to just be masturbation and just really like taking an inventory from head to toe and saying what actually feels good. What do I define as pleasurable? And then repeat that. And if you find that those same things bring you pleasure over and over again, then that is something that you can incorporate into your sexual experiences that should, or potentially could lead to an orgasm and multiple orgasms, you know, trying different enhancer gels, you know, different lubes, all of those things provide different little feelings that can feel really good. And, and people, unfortunately, some people are against lube or enhancers. Mm -hmm. They think their body is this magical thing. That's going to do it every time. And our hormones impact, you know, how we lubricate, stress, you know, all these things. So enhancers are not a bad thing. Sex toys are not a bad thing. They are enhancers. Use them. You know, that's what they're there for.
2: Um, I love that. I also feel like so many of us don't even know, like, in terms of angles and stuff, Sometimes you'll find out years later from a gynecologist that'll be like, yeah, your shit's tilted or like it's shallow. And you're like, oh, that's why whenever this position happens, I am in pain. I would just love it if we could like physically connect different kinds of strokes to the way that different women actually or people with uh, vulvas have like the way you're constructed. So you can maximize your pleasure by just knowing your own anatomy And then you can communicate effectively to your partner. And also, all penises aren't shaped the same. Absolutely. So if someone has a little bit of a tilt up and your thing's tilted the opposite way, like, that's not a good one for you. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, not the penis, the stroke. <laughs> I'm not like throw the whole penis out. I'm saying find the right thing. But yeah, I I just I think it's really important. And I think we shouldn't be ashamed of being like, I did not know that anatomically speaking. Yeah, like I should look that up.
0: And even, you know, having these conversations with your doctor, you know, they're doing pelvic exams and pap exams. I mean, they know you shouldn't have to wait until you're you know, prospectively ready to have children or you're pregnant Mm -hmm. to find out that your pelvis is tilted up or down. And so I think that having those again, because we don't talk about pleasure in clinical settings, unless there's a a problem, you're stressing that there's a dysfunction or you need help with something, that's kind of too late, you know. Um, still have the conversation, but I think we should try to bring in pleasure into those clinical settings to find out what can be beneficial, you know, like of course, penises may curve left, right, up, down, Mm -hmm. all of these different things. The other thing that I was thinking of is that I think a lot of media tells us that we have to rush through sex and we need to probably slow things down, especially if things feel weird or like they're not as pleasurable as we thought it would be. You're trying this new position or maybe it worked with your last partner. It's not working so well this time, Uh, slow down and, be comfortable to speak up and say, hey, hold on, back up. That's not it. You know, and, and people don't do that. They just endure the pain.
2: Mm, so true. Yeah.
1: Well, because it gets awkward. So on the communication tip, do you have any other advice for people who are like, "Uh, this doesn't feel good, but I don't know how to tell a new partner or even an old partner? yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, it can be tough for sure. I think, you know, something that I kind of like recommend is have a moment where you take things slow. Or another thing you can do is add in self care. You know, we hear about self care, but after sex, self care or after care, mm. and talk about what went well, what didn't go well, even if you're uncomfortable in the moment, saying it, if you create a space where you can talk about it after the fact in person or via text or whatever communication style works for you, sharing what you think worked well, what didn't work well, and knowing that the partner can do the same, I think that will allow a step in the right direction to have more conversations about, well, I actually really do like this. Maybe we should do that more often. Or that position, I am guaranteed to have my orgasm. We need to make sure that that is included every single time. We can do other things, but that that's important to me. Having those conversations and really making sure that your partner knows that, hey, we have the same goal. Or, mm-hmm. or do we have the same goal? Ask the question. Like, do we have the same goal? Is the goal that we both enjoy this? And then really working through what does that look like for the two of you, whether it's casual, short-term, long-term, whatever, having those conversations is important. We have tons of emojis to describe (laughs) lots of things, (laughs) you know, if, if you're uncomfortable doing it in person, start via text, you know, sexting is get consent, of course, get consent, but you know, try that to break the ice a little bit.
2: That's a good tip. I love that.
1: Flowers are blooming, the grass is growing, and it's time to mow your
2: lawn, privates. Thanks to our sponsor, Manscaped, you can trim those hedges below the belt safely and efficiently.
1: That's right, Manscaped is here to make sure your
2: balls are smooth and smelling nice. Manscaped is the only men's brand dedicated to below the waist grooming. They have precision engineer tools for your family jewels.
1: Manscaped is cutting edge. They have the Perfect Package 3.0 kit. They've got their lawnmower 3.0 that is waterproof and cordless. They have crop reviver, they have anti-ball chafing deodorant and moisturizer. Whatever you need to spruce up your balls,
2: Manscaped has got you covered. Subscribe to the perfect package and get a new replacement blade refill for your lawnmower trimmer delivered to your door every three months. And for a limited time, subscribers get two free gifts. The Shed Travel Bag, $39 value, what? and the patented high performance reduced chafing Manscaped boxer briefs. I love all the testosterone this company is bringing to the table.
1: This is the perfect package for your perfect package, and we've got a great deal for you privates. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code private at manscaped.com.
2: That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use code private. It's summer, baby, and your balls and whoever touches them will thank you. What are some of your like personal favorite little moves that people may or may not have heard of or may not think of to help a vulva owner come, whether it's with a partner or by themselves?
0: Ooh, um, I would say, you know, any type of stimulation to the clitoris. I mean, like that has to be at the top, you know, uh, whether it's with fingers or toys or lubes, enhancers, tongues, whatever you got make sure you hit that spot. (laughs) Majority of women, they do not, you know, have an orgasm from penetration alone. They either need penetration and clitoral stimulation or at least clitoral stimulation by itself. And so incorporating that, but you can't just do it, you know, how you want, you you know, the partner can't just do it how they think it's going to feel good. It has to be in conjunction with the vulva owner or the, or the clitoris owner guiding the person of, you know, that's a little too fast. That may be a little too rough. You know, some people like, you know, their clitoris stimulated and, you know, their lips stimulated or, and their, the opening of their vagina stimulated. So really talking about or navigating, make it a game, you know, like make it fun, you know, like I don't know, Simon Says or something, but make it fun to where you're actually teaching your partner what feels good to you Mm, or mm -hmm. show them, do show and tell, you know, show them what feels good to you and then have them practice it on you. Um, So I think that those are fun ways to teach your partner what you like, but also make sure that you're Pleased, And of course, you can do that vice versa. So I would say, you know, definitely some clitoral stimulation, I would definitely say some people like, like clitoral stimulation during sex as well. And so whether that's, you know, on top writing where you can have some friction to the, uh, to the clitoris or whether that's actually manually stimulating your clitoris during sex. That's a topic that people find to be taboo. Like, why are you masturbating during sex? And certain positions won't touch the clitoris. And so Mm -hmm. making sure the clitoris is stimulated in some kind of way. And then I would also just say, if your goal is to orgasm, that's not everyone's goal. Some goals are just to have a pleasurable time. But if your goal is to orgasm, making sure that you do that and finding different positions or the length of time, whatever that looks like, but making sure that that is a goal that that is achieved so that you're not feeling left out or disappointed. I think that that is important to, to prioritize your pleasure as well as your partners.
1: For sure. I was totally going to say that. I feel like some guys get intimidated if you're manually stimulating yourself during penetration and therefore sometimes you just don't do it because like, you don't want to make it weird. I don't know. (laughs) I've had partners like that in the past that were like threatened by me, you know, stimulating myself during intercourse. And why is that? It should not be threatening. It's like, we're just both trying to get to the same place. (laughs) Yeah. Like it's, this should be a partnership.
0: Like you do not own
1: my pleasure. You do not own
0: the result of this sexual encounter, this should be like an equal, like we're both doing what we think it takes for us to both reach the same end goal that we have. And so you should not feel threatened or intimidated by the fact that you're working on one area, I'm working on another, you know, like teamwork makes the dream work, right? So just Mm -hmm. making sure that, you know, and, and even if there's more than two parties involved or if there's one party involved, I think that just making sure that, You know, even talking about that, like, is that, would that be uncomfortable to you if you saw me doing that? Would that turn you on? You know, just finding out what people would think before um, rather than assuming because a partner may be like, no, that's totally fine with me. Like, do your thing. Like, Mm -hmm. I want to watch, you know, like you never know what the person may say, but that aftercare conversation could help bring that up Um, to say, I was actually thinking about doing this. I didn't know if, you know, I didn't know. So What do you think? You know, I might do that next time or, or what, you know, however it comes up.
1: I love that. Yeah. I think the communication begets more communication on it. And then it's just becomes like this more open topic.
2: Yep. Can we also trouble you for some anal tips?
0: (laughs) Um, So I think with anal, you know, the first tip I would say is just starting slow, seeing how far You know you're gonna go. You know so whether that's using a mouth, a tongue, a finger, a toy. That is why a lot of sex toy companies have toys that start very small and they work themselves up in size Um, because you know some people may inherently feel you know awkward about it um, regardless of who's receiving the anal play. What regardless of the partner and so you know, definitely incorporate lube for sure. And, you know, and that's just going to help with the feeling, the pleasure that's going to, um, help ease, uh, tension, help you relax. But I also say, don't think too much about it. You know, um, I think, when you think too much, that can make you tense and you don't want to be tense. You know, you want to, you want to be relaxed. So, you know, those are some steps to kind of, you know, start in that direction, or maybe you've started, but you want to progress. Conversations are key for sure. Knowing, you know, when to stop, um, knowing what angles don't feel good. Unlike the vagina where the uterus is going to stop any type of penetration the anus doesn't have that so things can you know any toys or things you want to have stoppers toys that have stoppers um, or strings attached because things that you put inside the anus can stay in there and you don't want that and people may not know that and so um, just being very like doing your research, like looking things up to kind of familiarize yourself with, you know, what might be a good first step, what toys might be out there, what loops might be a good um, loop, things like that.
2: Cokes, be honest. Have you been avoiding going to the doctor this past pandemic year? (sighs) I'm not trying to get Corona, bitch. (laughs) That is the correct answer to a trick question. And can we be honest about how annoying it is to make an appointment and then go see a doctor just to get birth control or erectile dysfunction meds? Who wants to do that? Nobody, I'm staying at home in my sweatpants. Exactly, which is why Eve Adam is the service for you because Eve Adam lets you meet with a doctor and get medication right from your couch.
1: That's right, you can skip the phone calls, parking lots, waiting rooms, and pharmacy lines and just meet with a doctor on Eve Adam. Order your medication through your device and get refills delivered to your door on a schedule you set.
2: Amazing. And in case you're worried, Eve Adam works with licensed doctors and an NABP accredited digital pharmacy, so you guys are in safe hands. And if you have any questions along the way, you can easily chat with a licensed physician through the chat feature in your account.
1: Eve Adam offers brand names, affordable generics, and everything in between. They also offer birth control in a variety of forms, from pills to patches and rings. Eve Adam has all the resources you need
2: to get the ideal medication for you. I love all the birth control choices. That is so nice. And you know what else is nice? Right now, Eve Adam is offering our listeners, you privates, 10% off when you go to eveadam.com slash private and enter code private at checkout. That's 10% off when you go to
1: eveadam.com slash private and enter code private at checkout. So in all of your research, what's kind of like the most mind-blowing thing that you've come across or learned
0: Oh, that's a good one. Um, I'm always blown away (laughs) with the data that I see. Um, I would say two things. So the first one is that we still have a orgasm gap between men and women. Um, I would think that in 2020, 2021, um, that the gap would be, you know, so large. And so Mm -hmm. um, the most recent data that I've seen has shown about a 30% gap. So men are stating that they're orgasming like 94, 95% of the time, women 64, 65% of the time. Some women who are in same-sex relationships may have reported orgasms more frequently or, or a higher percentage, but in general, there's still a gap. And I think that goes back to what I mentioned earlier about potentially women may not know what an orgasm feels like. So they, they aren't able to report it Uh, Two that. um, Women are prioritizing their partner's pleasure over their own. So they're foregoing an orgasm to please their partner. Mm -hmm. And then three, because people feel that there's guilt associated with masturbation, they could be orgasming, but they're not because they don't want to pleasure themselves or they feel bad about it. Um, The other thing I would say, and this isn't really surprising, but it's, it's nice to know the data supports it. I think we know that older women have sexual intercourse or they engage in some form of sexual activity, but we don't have a lot of good data to show what they're doing. And so, um, a paper that I actually led that was published earlier this year, we looked at black women across seven age cohorts up to women in their nineties, and they reported what types of behaviors they had engaged in, um, the most popular or most common ones were um, vaginal fingering, um, penis, um, hand stimulation, which makes sense at that age, you know, maybe not physically engaging in in intercourse, but still very much engaging in some form of sexual activity that they find pleasurable. And of course, as you age, your body goes through all types of things. Um, You know, lack of lubrication during menopause, like all these different things can happen. But the fact that you know, sex is really a lifelong thing. It it continues, the desire continues as we age. It doesn't stop once you hit a certain age. It doesn't stop when you have grandchildren. It doesn't stop once you can retire. I think that having data to support that was very freeing and like gives people something to look forward to. Mm -hmm, Totally. You know, I think, I think we kind of don't talk about it enough. We just out of sight, out of mind. I don't know what people do in their seventies and eighties, but they still have desire. They're still interested in sexual activity. What it looks like may be different from their twenties and thirties, but they're still engaging somehow. And I think that that is
1: fantastic.
0: So I think those are the two things that I knew But there wasn't data to show it, and now we have it. So I'm very proud of that.
1: Awesome. That's really
2: interesting and really cool. Handjobs for life. (laughs) As a side note, my uh, mother-in-law and father-in-law are, like, very open. (laughs) Um, And I just found out recently he has Parkinson's, like, pretty bad, Mm. that she motivates him to do shit he doesn't want to do with sex. (laughs) (laughs) She goes, Yeah, if not for that, you wouldn't do anything. (laughs) Wow. She's like, Take this pill for your Parkinson's. It's, yeah, so I don't know, old people are so much freakier than you think. Oh it's yeah, dope. but
1: they're getting it. Sophia, they have sex They more get than, it all the time. Yeah, they have yeah. Sex every
2: day. Yeah.
0: I mean, like they don't have as many competing priorities as people, you know, who have <laughs> to work and take care of other people and you know, just handle daily things, you know, and have a little bit more leisure time. And to be honest, I think now that there's more sex positive messages in general like in this generation than, than probably their generation, they may even feel more free, like more sexually liberated to do different things and try different things because we grew up and I'm sure they grew up in a very uptight Mm -hmm. view of sex and that it was primarily for reproduction. And the more we shift towards sex positivity and the more we normalize um, sexual experiences, then I think people f- actually feel freer. And so, so that's awesome. You know, good for them. I would hate yeah. that they were like, no, you know, cause you hear stories about, oh, we've been married for 30 years and we sleep in separate beds or we're roommates. Yeah. Like who wants that? Like, no, yeah. people don't get married to say we're going to be roommates. You know, they were obviously sexually attracted at some point. And so I'm happy to hear that people are doing the work to stay sexually attracted and, and satisfied. Good for them.
1: <laughs> well, thank you so much for talking to us about all of this orgasm stuff <laughs> and for all of your work in sex positivity. I think like that trend is really important, even like more important than we give it credit for. And so- yay
0: yeah well my pleasure again pun intended and um happy to you know continue these conversations I hope that more um, more people invite pleasure into their conversations whether it's sex related or not we have a lot of pleasurable experiences that are not sex related and you know so just you know, bridging the gap between all forms of pleasure and just inviting pleasure into our conversations is key. So thank you.
2: That's amazing. Do you have any resources that you would want to recommend to folks? Um, I think it depends on, you know, who the listeners
0: are. Um, I think for anybody who is interested in talking about sex with with young people, so children, um, sex positive families is a great resource. Um, they have a website They're you know, on social media, they have books and workbooks, different sheets that can be done to introduce consent and things that are related to sex, but very age appropriate, right, introducing actual terms of body parts um, i think that that's a great resource for adults wanting to talk to little people as far as pleasure mapping and handbooks and workbooks around what does how do you do it afrosexology that is a workbook that can be downloadable that's a great tool for pleasure mapping of course lots of researchers like myself doing this work um, All of our stuff is on Google Scholar, PubMed. Um, I currently do not have a website, but the more I do this, the more I realize I should to have all my stuff. Are you on social media? Yeah, um, I am on Instagram, Dr dot ashley towns and i do share a lot of the media that i'm a part of so cosmopolitan uh, madame noir um, psychology today i write for pure romance so you know i'm i'm out there you know there's there's lots of stuff out there just you just gotta look for it thank you so much thank
1: you so much yeah this has been really awesome thank you So much good sex-positive wisdom from Ashley, didn't you think?
2: Really awesome, and I love the research she shared. I thought that was really cool, too.
1: Totally. And I just have to say, for all the privates listening, I waited way, 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 way too long to get into sex toys, and don't wait that long. (laughs) If you don't have a sex toy, go out immediately, run to Hustler, and get one.
2: Or be a human being that's in 2021 and go online. (laughs)
1: I guess I was just sharing my personal experience of driving to Hustler at midnight (laughs) in a desperate panic, needing to orgasm. I know that
2: story, but I didn't know that was your first one. That was your first toy?
1: That was my first toy that was a real toy. Oh, I'd used other objects, Sophia, like a toothbrush holder. (laughs) No, I know, but I didn't know that
2: was the first one you bought.
1: Yeah, that was my first, like, my first sex toy.
2: Baby's first toy. That's sweet.
1: Yeah. Anyway, moral of that story, Privates, is get a sex toy.
2: Same with lube. Get into it early. Just make stuff amazing.
1: Yeah. The taboo around all this stuff is just like old kind of religious relics. I don't know. It's stupid.
2: It's definitely stupid. It's old dick energy, and we don't want that.
1: yeah. No, but we like old dick energy. If you're still trying to do
2: something with your dick and your old. I'm thinking old dick energy like Strom Thurmond, not old dick energy like my (laughs) father-in-law. That is. I love it. You love to see it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. If you want us
1: to talk about your dick privates,
2: leave us a rating and review. (laughs) (laughs) Honestly, if you don't want us to talk about it, also leave us one. (laughs)
1: Let us know, do you want us to talk about your dick or not? Go to ratethispodcast.com/private.
2: You know, tell us how many times uh, uh, you you rubbed one out while listening to this episode. We won't even be mad because we solicited it, you know. Honestly, just put emojis, consent, you know. Consent. Dick
1: emojis, uh peach, uh the jizz emoji, tacos. <laughs> just Taco City. Taco City. Hey, Sophia, what's that
2: bomb-ass music? This music is by our friend Amy Rosh. You should find her on Spotify. R-A-A-S-C-H is how you spell her last name. This
1: episode was mixed by Mike Castaneda from Plastic Audio. He is
2: a man. His name is Michael. He edited this podcast. Oh, yeah. Yeah.
1: We love Mike, and we love you guys, so thank you for tuning in. (laughs) And make sure you stay tuned, because we got Belize coming at you soon, baby.
2: Bye!